Welcome to the Shepherd's Psalm, week three. This series covers Psalm 23, probably the most famous psalm in the entire Bible. It was written by King David, who before he was a king, he was a shepherd. And what we're covering is the information from W. Philip Keller's book entitled, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. So what we talk about in these videos will make a whole lot more sense if you have a copy and you read the chapter. Chapter 3 is what we're covering today, today, and then listen to the video and engage with the discussion at the end. Um, and so we just encourage you, you can get a copy of the book pretty inexpensively. A lot of uh, retailers have ebooks, Kindle, Apple Books, they have ebook versions of it. You can get it pretty cheap or go to a used bookstore near you and grab a copy of it. It's a phenomenal resource, and we encourage you to get it. This week, we cover the sentence, He makes me lie down in green pastures. So we're going to read the Psalm 23. We start every uh, video with that, and then we will get into uh, the, the nuts and bolts of it. Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So in week one, we discussed how the Lord is our good shepherd and what that relationship means. Last week, or, or in week two, we looked at the phrase, I shall not want, and how God supplies all our needs. And so this week, we look at the statement, He makes me lie down in green pasture. So stick around. We believe you'll enjoy it and get something out of it. Keller, the author of the book we're looking at, he informed us, those of us especially, who have absolutely no understanding of sheep, that sheep will only lie down if four requirements are met. Otherwise, it is impossible for them to do so. First, they must be free from all fear. Second, they must be free from friction with the herd. Third, they must be free from parasites and pests, and finally, they must be free from hunger. When you look at these four areas, you see that the shepherd has to be very involved in solving the problems for the sheep to be able and willing to lie down. Yet the psalmist says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. What is David saying? David is saying the Lord has been such a good shepherd to him that all four criteria have been met. So let's look at each one, one at a time, and see what we can learn from this passage of Scripture and from a shepherd's example. The sheep that are restless, upset, agitated, and disturbed, they don't do well. Keller said that a single rabbit could startle a sheep, which in turn gets all of the sheep around it in panic mode. The whole flock of sheep can stampede without even knowing what started the whole thing. 
Have you ever met someone who is just absolutely controlled by fear? Most buildings don't have a 13th floor because some people have what's called triskaidekaphobia, the fear of the number 13. Some are paralyzingly afraid of spiders or snakes or all sorts of things. Fear causes panic and anxiety attacks. It prevents people from accomplishing necessary activities. In the era of COVID in which we now live, it has given rise to a whole new class of germophobia and obsessive use of hand sanitizer. Now, yes, there are perfectly legitimate things to be afraid of or concerned about, but we don't have to live in fear. For those who are in Christ, the only fear we really need is the fear of the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. The Bible repeatedly encourages us to have a healthy fear of the Lord. The presence of the shepherd can give comfort to the sheep. It sets their mind at ease and they can safely graze without fear. They know their shepherd will handle any issues that threaten their peace. Remember the statement, he makes me lie down. His presence is so powerful that we have no other option but to lie down and rest in his presence. When we feel the presence of Christ in us and with us, it reveals his peace in such a powerful way. We have no reason to fear or be afraid of the unknown. Even when we walk into uncertain situations, we often feel his presence and peace even more powerfully. If you've never felt it, I can't even begin to describe his powerful presence when he called me to step out in faith. It was like a father taking the hand of his child and beckoning them to step out on a rickety bridge. If you look at the surroundings, it's enough to create a, a serious amount of fear. But if you fix your eyes on the Father, you see all the love in His eyes, you feel His hand, your hand firmly in His, and you know He will never let you go. He will never let you fall. You have no other choice. You want to trust Him because you know He is trustworthy. When everything around you is chaos, you know the Good Shepherd has everything under control. That is freedom from fear. The second reason sheep won't lie down is tension or competition within the flock. In some churches, just like in some animal herds, there is an irritable and irritating person that seeks to not only be the boss, but to demonstrate their dominance over others. They often butt heads with people who seek to serve because they feel like they're really in charge. Some churches have an unspoken leader who really runs things, and some pastors have to run their ideas by this person for it to get any traction. I shouldn't have to tell you that that is an unbiblical and ungodly way of church leadership. When there is friction in the flock, it is unsettling among the church. It quenches the move of the Spirit. 
It prevents God from doing what he wants to because of a controlling and manipulative spirit in the leadership. And it's not just church members who do this. Sometimes pastors have this controlling spirit where everything has to go across their desk. Every decision has to be made by them. And instead of empowering leaders, they stifle them. Real leaders who want to serve won't stay in an environment like that because it's not healthy. Jealousy and contention among the churchgoers is unhealthy and it prevents quality ministry. When your attitude is, well, they got to sing on the worship team or pastor called on that person to pray, but he's never called on me, or why do they not let me lead a ministry? Well, then you don't have to wonder anymore. Uh, when, when your attitude is like that, and uh, when, you, when that attitude prevents quality ministry, you don't have to wonder why they don't choose you for those things. If you think that way, you're not asked to be in a leadership position because your attitude stinks. It is terrible. It is uh, corrosive to unity and to a godly leadership mentality. Stop asserting your dominance and start serving. Serve under whomever you can and wherever you can. Jealousy and control will absolutely kill the church or at least kill the work that God wants to do in that church. That's number two, freedom from friction. Keller wrote about how parasites and insects can drive sheep mad with distraction. These distractions can be tormenting to sheep, so much so that they can go crazy seeking some sort of relief. Church life can have the same kind of distractions. We can fill our calendars up with activities and programs that we get distracted from our most important work of discipleship. We can get distracted by fringe theological disputes and it takes us away from the message of the cross. There is so much available in our Christian bookstores that is nothing more than a distraction. So much self-help, so much fringe theology, so much of New Age theology that has crept into our spirituality that some people find it incredibly difficult to know what is orthodoxy and what is heresy. We absolutely must get back into God's Word and study it for ourselves. You see, the shepherd takes oil and he pours it on the affected area of the sheep to get rid of the parasites. Likewise, theological parasites that siphon away our health and attention can be put in their rightful place only through the work of the Holy Spirit, often symbolized by oil. This oil gives comfort and health to the things that are rubbing us the wrong way and distracting us. That is number three, freedom from distraction. Well, finally, sheep will not lie down unless they are free from hunger. If they aren't eating enough, if they aren't eating well, they will be restless and looking for quality nourishment. 
Keller explained in his book that many places where sheep are raised are filled with brown and dry pasture land. It takes a shepherd who is clever and resourceful to provide a green pasture for his sheep to graze in. Many Christians I know are so hungry for good biblical teaching. They crave it. They're tired of going to church and listening to spiritual cotton candy. It appeals to the eyes. It tastes good, but it lacks any substance and nutrition whatsoever. These churches are filled with starving Christians. They keep coming, they keep coming back week after week because they aren't feeding themselves, so they're desperate for the little bit that their pastor gives them. But the truth is that the sermons you hear at church are nothing more than a multivitamin. They're nothing more than a supplement to what you should already be feeding yourself. My sermons, your pastor's sermons, whoever you sit under, whatever sermons you listen to, they are never intended to be a meal that will sustain you all week long. If you are feeding yourself in God's Word, even if I have an off day, you won't be starving because the Good Shepherd is feeding you from His green pasture. David wrote, He makes me lie down in green pastures. What a promise from the Father. But do you struggle in any of these areas? Do you struggle with fear? Do you struggle with friction? Do you struggle with distraction? Do you struggle with spiritual hunger? Focus this week on recognizing it and letting the Holy Spirit pour into your life to set you free from those things so that you can lie down safely and in contentment. Let's pray. Father, we pray for those watching this that you will help us recognize any area of our life that needs improvement, that needs to change, so that we can sense you as a good shepherd, so that we can feel your presence near us, so that we can feel your peace, especially during turbulent times. This week, God, you know what's ahead of us. And so we pray as we fellowship with you, as we spend time in your word, as we spend time with you in prayer, that you would give us a word to speak to people we come in contact with, people who are discouraged, people who don't have a relationship with you, people who are hungry and hurting. Give us a word to share with them so that we can encourage them and, and, and encourage them to get, uh, to draw closer to you. That's our desire, Lord. Help us be uh, disciple makers as well as good disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for watching. Feel free to share this video. Uh, if you missed any of the past ones, go back and watch them. Um, but we are praying for you. We pray for those who watch this video, and uh, we hope to see you next week. We'll cover uh, chapter four in Keller's book, and so grab a copy of it and start reading. If they're short chapters, you'll, you'll really enjoy it, I promise. Um, so God bless you, and we will see you next week.